Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we start this episode, could you do me a favor? Could you rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts? And also, could you subscribe to our YouTube channel? That's at youtube.com slash by the hood. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone who gives us any kind of support. Um, our channel is growing. Our listens are growing. Um, and, and, and our followers are growing. So just want to say thank you. Um, if you're watching this video, please make sure you subscribe. Hit the like button on our YouTube channel. If you're listening on a podcast platform, also make sure you subscribe. Leave us some feedback. You know, you know, give us a rating. Hopefully, five stars. <laughs> but with that being said, everybody knows what our show is uh, designed to do. That's to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work in the community. And I'm joined by my partner, Crom, as always. Core, core, what's up, bro? Man, living La Vida Luca. Every day above ground is a good day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And um, this episode, you know, it's like every other episode. We have a, a special guest, man. We had a young brother who's doing amazing things in, in, in the city, but he started out like primarily in the real estate space, but has, has kind of like transitioned into credit. He still does both, but credit is where, um, you know, he's, he's actually learning and expanding his business. We have none other than Cornelius Middleton Jr. I want to make sure I say the junior. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Got to show respect you know, to OG. So junior, uh, is Newt, Newt as we call you, Newt underscore the entrepreneur. That's your IG page. But um, Newt, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm good. How you guys? Straight. Oh man. man, we can't complain. We can't complain, man. So let's start from the beginning. Um, where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Philadelphia, uh, North Philly to be exact, because everybody, uh, for those who's not from Philly, everybody always asks what part of North, what part of Philly are you from? So to be exact, I'm from North Philly, North Philly, born and raised. All right. So nice. we from Philly. So you know, our next question is, what part of North Philly are you from? I'm from like 29th and Lehigh. Oh, okay. Right okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I grew up right there on a small block called uh, Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood Street, so yes, sir. Got Hollywood, Murderwood, right on between 29th and Huntington. So I kind of grew up there. I, that's where I spent most of my, uh, my grandfather actually lived there. So I spent most of my time on that block, like every summer after school. So that's kind of where I, where I like to say my, my stomach grounds were. That's nice. what's up. That's what's up. So, um, how was it in terms of school? What schools did you go to? Uh, you know, did you go to school in the area or? Yeah, yeah. You know? So for high school, I so I went to a middle school called Kennington, which is like 15th in Ontario. That was from K through eight. Then I actually went to George Washington Carver High School of Engineering and Science, uh, which is like right there near the Temple campus. And then uh, for college, I think I mentioned to you guys earlier, I went to Morgan State University. I got a bachelor's degree in construction management from them. Shout out to all my HBCU members. And then transitioning right at right after that i got my master's degree from rowan university shout out, shout out to everybody from rowan as well nice. that's dope that's dope shout out to, shout out to ens yeah we got a lot yeah. of folks from ens um but um so and shout out to everybody at hbcu i went to hbcu as well but um my question is your your major you gave us your major in undergrad right what was your major in uh in grad school my major was engineering Thanks. okay okay so yeah. Construction management and engineering. Okay, you're well, well educated fellow, man. So so it makes sense that you work within the real estate field. Absolutely. So um when you when you 
when you got your paperwork and everything, um, how did you, what was your foray into real estate? How'd you get into real estate? So to be honest, it kind of really all started for me in my senior year at Morgan State University, right? So I had to take a class. Uh, and it, in order to graduate, you needed 120 credits. They just passed that law. So they added like two or three more classes. And one of the classes they added, was, which was like a mandatory class, was a real estate class. So uh, me, myself, and one of my buddies that was in the same major, we had to take the class in order to graduate, mind you. So this is that spring semester about to walk. You walk in May. The class started in January. You know what I mean? So we like, oh, yeah, real estate is going to be easy. So what happened was we, we started taking the course, mind you, requirement now. You need to get a C or better in order to pass the class and then graduate. So I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a breeze. So come to week one, she give us our like syllabus and everything. We going through the material. Long story short, we like, oh, this, my one of my homies like, oh, this is going to be this basic common sense. So I'm, we don't got to study. So I'm like, yeah, it's super easy. We both get the test. We flunk like a 40, 35 percent. <laughs> so now I'm scratching my head. I'm looking at him like, yo, you said it was common sense. So he like, no, you said this. So we going back and forth. But from that moment on, we just locked in. Both of us, we locked in. And I'm the one who really stayed with it more directly. And from that moment at my senior year, I, I want to say January, February, I got, I locked into real estate. Everything was real estate. I started learning terminology, acronyms, uh, uh, everything. I just I just indulged myself in real estate. And then from that moment on, I just start like trying to acquire properties, figuring out how I can get into real estate because I didn't have a lot of cash at the time. So I just start leveraging things. And here, here it is. I, you know, knee deep in real estate. And that's dope. That's dope. Um, so as you started getting into real estate, what was your bread and butter? What was your play? Was it wholesaling? Was it buying whole? Was it flipping? Like what, what became like your thing? buy and hold that's all day long i'm trying to build that residual income so i got a favorite slogan that i uh, i'm not sure if i heard it from somewhere but i it stuck with me or whatever the case may have been but just because i didn't come from a millionaire family that don't mean a millionaire family can't come from me so in order to do that i want to be i want to try to build that residual income month in and month out so i never i never did a flip yet so all my properties i currently have is currently rented out so uh that's that's my drive but i actually did start with trying to do wholesaling but to be honest, everything not for everybody. And wholesaling was one of those things that's not for me. Uh, it was a lot of legwork. And then in my eyes, it wasn't a lot of reward. Uh, but obviously, some wholesalers are going to be like, yeah, he crazy. He don't know what he's talking about. That's just my take on it. But uh, I stuck with the buy and hold. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. No, that's a that's a great point. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. That's an interesting um point that everything is not for everybody. Right. Because a lot of times people do the wholesaling because you don't need, or at least they believe you don't need that much capital. But if you want to be a good wholesaler, you got a market and it's going to cost money. Um, and you have to have a particular skill set. Like, you know, one of our guys, Tom, Tom is a, a beast at it, but Tom, like he's focused and comes up with systems and, and, and knows how to work that, you know, work the systems. But, and again, um, uh, Jalil, uh, who we also had on here is a master wholesaler, but they have a particular skill set and they enjoy that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so you have to figure out what works for you. I, I think that's a great point you made there. Like everything is not for everybody, but right. that's the great thing about real estate. Is there's so many ways to get involved in real estate and to make money in real estate. Um, you know, there are people out there that make tremendous amount of money as appraisers who don't even own property, don't even rent property, but they're making crazy amounts of bread, just going around, giving out a value of a property. You know what I'm saying? So that's just one angle. People eat yeah, off real estate in so many ways. It's crazy. That, that's what's so crazy because, like, I don't want to say keep hopping around from from thing to thing, but if you if you try it out and you don't like it, it's another way to get in real estate. It's another way to be in properties every day. You could be an agent, a buyer's agent, a yeah. seller's agent. You could be both. 
You could be a wholesaler. You could be a flipper, a buy and hold. Like, it's so many different avenues to get into. You can be a appraiser. You can be an inspector. It's like, you know what I mean? It goes yeah, on. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I, I forgot about that one. Inspector, like the yeah, mortgage like, game, right? The mortgage yeah, game. It's crazy, um, man. It's so many you know, avenues. Yeah, because real estate's one of the biggest like sectors of our entire economy. Like, so many people eat off of a real estate transaction. Yeah. Um, so that's dope. So, how did you? And I, I know this is a question I probably can answer myself because you know, working in real estate, you realize that one of the things you need is to help people with their credit. Mm -hmm. But what was your story? How did the credit repair become a huge part of your business? So, to be honest, I was always, I never, I never really knew about credit, right? So when I was an undergrad. I, I had a secure credit card that for two three hundred dollars my score was shot. I did I had got a I had personally got a car and like my junior year of college and he ran my credit like seventeen times. But I didn't know enough about inquiries and nothing like that. So as I started learning, I started realizing that inquiries during your credit report for two years unless you get them removed sooner. So then I'm like, okay, I started doing my research and then what popped up in my something popped up on my on my browser one day was like, if you got five or more inquiries from a one dealership that you have the right to get those inquiries removed because you only got one card. So I'm scratching my head like, wait, what does that mean? So I kept reading it over and over and over. And basically what that means is when you go to the dealership, they're going to shop you around for the best rate. So you might get 17 inquiries, but you only drop off the lot with one card. So while those other 16 inquiries are on your report, it's affecting you and you really didn't get approved for that particular loan, let's just say, right? So that was my case. I had 17 inquiries, but I only draw out the lot with one card. So those other 16 inquiries that I didn't get approved for, I had the right to remove those inquiries, right? But I didn't know that for a while. So once I started realizing I got to get these inquiries off, I started YouTube and watching Google videos and doing all these different things to learn how to different tactics to start disputing my own things. So then I was disputing it and it wasn't coming off as fast. So I was, you know, reaching out to people on, on social media that I knew was dogs and animals in a good way uh, in the credit repair business. So I reached out to them and you know, I connected with one of my guys. Uh, shout out to my guy, Dear CEO. Uh, he, we, we linked up one day, and he, like, I kind of knew ninety-five percent of the material that I needed, but it was this one last piece that I didn't know, and he gave me that that nugget. And then after that, it was it was all she wrote. So then, basically, how I got into the credit repair was by me wanting to repair my own credit. I never had anticipation of repairing my sisters and my mothers. I never wanted to do that. It was strictly for myself, so that I can constantly apply for something. If I get denied, remove it. Do things like that, right? So I my score <laughs> impacted, right? So that my score don't stay impacted for two years. Can I understand where I came from having those 17 inquiries? But once I start realizing, like, well, if I know how to remove inquiries faster than the, the standard two-year mark, I might need to start marketing this. So then as I, you know, you got to give your service. I believe you got to give your services out in the beginning in order to get some results. So I did my I did my cousin's credit report. I did my sister. I did my mom's. And then it was like, Yo, I was getting results back like faster than the people that was teaching me. So I'm like, well, something's going on here now. So then I said, you know, I got to put a little website together. I got to get a little page, a little flyer. And I put the flyer out and there you have it. Like it, it nonstop. And since it probably been like a year and some change now since that initial thing happened, since I got that last nugget. And man, it been now I didn't learn how to scale it up. And I got a website and I got promotions going on. I'm about to drop my first class. So it just literally it propelled itself. All because I took the initiative to try to learn how to become a credit repair specialist to only help my own situation. But then again, it turned into something more, and now here I am. Yeah, you was explaining to us before we came on about how it's, it's taken off even more than you imagined. 
yeah. to the point where now it's like you know become like one of your primary focuses because of the results and um you know you're helping yeah. people but it's also you you're picking up clients at the client at the client now yeah it, it, it's crazy so, because let me ask you this uh-huh. no, okay go ahead finish what you're saying no go, no you can go ask the question you might you might be about to ask it right now no i, I yeah, I, what I was going to ask you is because you're picking up so many clients, like what for the people out there listening who maybe have issues with credit or what have you, what is one of the um the biggest like misconceptions or, or misnomers of things that lead people to to uh you know, I mean, if they credit up. Uh to be honest, I would say it's probably like people not really. It, to me, it comes down to understanding credit. So a lot of people get like. In, in this bunch, you get get their get their mind or their attitude or their or their persona in this big bunch of like I want to be in the eight hundred club, I want to be in the seven hundred club, right? But what people don't know is that it's not about the score, it's about the credit profile. So you got people who got seven fifty credit scores and try to go apply for something and get denied, and then it's, then we all scratch on our head like, well, how, how are you getting denied? You got a seven fifty, whereas though someone over here got a six eighty, but they got a mortgage, a car loan. Two student loans, a phone bill, a water bill. Um, uh, uh, they 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 got a rental lease. They got some jewelry. Like they got all these things in the credit report, but they got a six eighty score, and they go apply for that same thing that the person with the seven fifty got will apply for. And this person with the six eighty get approved, but the person with the seven fifty didn't. So now we all looking like, what's going on here? And it's the sole fact is it's about your credit profile. It's never about the score. We got to hit those data points, and that's the biggest misconception. People think. I got a 750. Let me get a 750 so I can go ahead and do these things. And then when you go get them, you you kind of get upsetting because you get denied or your interest rate is super high because you don't have a long length of profile. You just got that one heavy score and it don't really mean anything. You know what I mean? So that's the biggest yeah, that's, this credit world. That's a that's a bar right there. It's not about your credit yeah. score. It's about your credit profile. I think. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that's 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 good stuff right there. Yeah. 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 I, 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 played, I played football for Morgan State University. Shout out to my Bears. And uh, my coach used to always say, you're a student athlete, right? Not an athlete student. And at the time, I'm like, coach just talking. He he just giving us another motivational speech. So I'm like, whatever, coach. But then as I start getting older and start getting wiser, I start realizing, like, you had a lot of people who, like, my coach used to say, I'd rather take the player who had a 2.5 GPA but they go, they participate in all these different things. They good on the field. They they and student ambassadors. They are RA. They doing all these different things on campus, opposed to that person that got the four and all they do is go back and forth to class. He want he wants somebody that's well rounded. So when I when he used to say that, I'm like, I don't know, I want that four But like I said, as I start getting wise, I start realizing like it may not always be up to par for you to have that four and all you do is go to class and go back in your room. Nobody know you. You're not involved. You're not active. You don't you don't give back. So, like, my coach always looked for that person that had the 3.3, 3.5 GPA, but was well-rounded in all facets. You know what I mean? That was always better for him than having a person that had a 4.0. That's a great point. Um, I, I told the story. I, I believe I told the story when uh, Courtney, the Ivy investor, was on here. Um, and I went to law school. I went to law school. I, mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with uh, one of the people that um, that recruits students and brings in students and, and works in uh, the office. And they gave me a piece of information. They were like, we don't like people that major in pre-law. And I'm like, we're at a law school. What do you mean? And it was kind of the same thing that you said. We look for people from diverse backgrounds that have experience in doing all kinds of stuff. Community service. They may be, they may even major in education, but right. they want some people to major in education. They want some people to major in business. They want just well-rounded people. 
as opposed to someone who just does nothing but consistently studies the law and is a pre-law major and does nothing but that. They right. want people from all different types of backgrounds or whatever um, to participate in that experience. So um, that that that's a good piece of information for people um, in general, right? So it's not your score, it's your profile. And you can show, and I guess when you, when you talk about a credit profile, what you're showing is that you can pay all types of debt. So you can right. pay credit cards, student loans, mortgages. Let me ask you a question. Um, maybe you can answer this, like, because I've I've heard this before. Again, I'm not a credit expert, but I've heard, you know, I, I talk to people in the in the space, and they tell me that a lot of times what you're applying for matters as well. So if I'm applying for a mortgage and I I've shown consistently that I can pay a mortgage, then more than likely that that'll work out favorable for me. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, it's some truth to that, but you and I mean a mortgage is kind of different because each bank got data points, right? So every bank don't have the same data points. You're going to have the maybe, let's just say it's five data points total. You're going to always be having those three data points if you try to go get the same thing such as a mortgage. But each bank got their own criteria that you must hit, right? So mm -hmm. I would say like if you already got a credit card uh, from a particular lender, let's just say Chase, right? Let's say you apply for one of their Chase credit cards, which is the lowest tier. You, you apply for tier one credit card at Chase. Because you start building that relationship with Chase, the, the possibility of you getting approved for that next Chase credit card, which now is maybe tier two, it's not the tier one, it's not the basic credit card. Yeah, you heighten your chances of getting approved because you already got that relationship, right? And that's kind of the same thing what you just asked about having a mortgage. Already having a mortgage, you 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 show that I'm versatile. I could pay a mortgage. I I still got a student loan. I still got a car payment. So and I'm trying to go get another another mortgage. The only thing you got to worry about in that man in that matter is your debt to income ratio. Meaning, okay. can you really afford this? If you can afford this and you got proof that, yo, look, y'all, look at my, my profile speak for itself. I, I'm paying all these things on time. Y'all never had a problem on me. And I'm trying to borrow some more money. The banks only like to give money to people that don't need money. I don't care. I don't care who you are. If you look desperate, if you look like you got 17 inquiries like myself, I look the desperate. So when I try to go get a credit card, they like, well, you ran your credit 17 times in two days. Get the heck out of here. We're not giving you no money because I look desperate. <laughs> Opposed to someone who's not running their credit, things like that. So you just really gotta, like, you gotta hit those data points. And to be honest, people are like, well, what's the data points? You, it's just something that you learn over time. This, you can't really Google what they're looking for. You just hope that you hit it when you apply. Yeah, and that, that's that's that was my next point in question. That, that's where I was going with this next, right? So, um, and I know Corey, you probably can attest to this. Like, I've been in a situation, and, and it happened. Um, shot to Lincoln University, uh, my, my college. Where um I got the credit card, I got the credit card. Um, you know, they came out with the table, gave me the credit card, I got the t-shirt and the pen and all the good stuff. I tore my credit up, right? Mm -hmm. So I know what it's like to have bad credit, but once I understood the importance of it, I, I you know, I paid it. I'm I'm good, right? But even in being good, I would just test certain things out just to see how it would affect my score. And to this day, I mean, it's confusing, right? Because you can pay everything off and your score drops. Yeah. And then you can like, you know, carry a little balance on something and your score shoots up. It's like, I've tried all kinds of stuff to try to figure it out, but I'm like, yo, the algorithms are doing whatever they want to do. I don't know <laughs> if anybody truly knows like, you know, what, what's what everybody has these things, right? I've heard the 30%. I've also heard 20% in terms of what you want to carry. Right. But does anybody really know what's going on? Cause I've tried different things and um, just to see how my score fluctuates. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not in an 800 club, but I am in a high sevens at this point. And I just try stuff to see if I can just move it around and get to eight. Not that it's going to do anything for me because I don't want to borrow money. Right. I, I honestly believe only you should only borrow money if you're using it to make money. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's just my personal preference. But my point, I guess what I'm, what I'm leading to is this. Does anybody really know what's going on with these algorithms? Like, does any does any of us really know, or is like you just know, like it's bad, it's bad to carry huge balances and it's bad to pay late. I know for a fact paying late, I've seen paying late hurt somebody worse than like the worst thing you could do. Yeah, okay. So that's true. That's the worst thing. So, like to be honest, like I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I I used to I used to read stuff and they say, Oh, leave five dollars on there. I used to leave five dollars and my score shoot up. So now I leave five dollars every month. And then I stop moving. <laughs> and then they say, oh, pay your balance all the way off. I pay my balance all the way off. Now my score drop. I'm like, what the heck? Then, exactly. I, then I, don't, I don't use my credit card at all. And my score go up. So I'm like, yo, what's going on? So I was always trying to figure out. I was just like you. And then, to be honest, we don't know. I, my, this is my take on it. And people probably like, no, nah, that's not true. Hey, literally, don't nobody really know what the algorithm, the algorithm is saying. The only thing you do know is the, is the, the documents that they putting out. That's all you could read. We only going off the document that they putting out. So gotcha. when, when Amax and Experian and Chase and, and, and TransUnion and Equifax, when they drop something and we read it, you all you got people doing is you got people reading that document and deciphering that information the best way they can and then telling people what they just read. That's all we doing. You know what I mean? So no one's don't like most of these people don't work for Experian. They don't work for the bureau. They don't work for the government. So to be honest, people just try it's just trial and error at this point. So where though you may come to me and say, yo, Newt, what's the best thing for you to do? I'm going to tell you right now to make sure that you try to pay your balance completely off. You may go to that person right next door to me, my neighbor, and they may know credit repair or they may they may be a credit expert in any mind. And they may tell you, yo, leave a balance on there. Then you go to somebody else and they say, you know what? Uh, don't pay your pay. Don't don't pay your bills at all. And you score like it's so many different ways that people want to tell you to increase your score It's just to eat your zone. Right. But I felt most success paying my credit cards off. That was my most success. That's that's that. No, I mess with you right now because I appreciate your honesty, right? Because you that was the honest answer. Like, you know, yeah. we all trying to figure it out, right? Because I, I, you know, yeah. in my experience, again, I try stuff and I'm like, yo, this is the, none of it makes sense to me. I'm like, yo, they do what they want to do. I feel like I like they yeah. in the background the rule every month. Go ahead, Core. I pay, I paid when when I was oh, man in my twenties. After I first got back from school. I paid off a, a $20,000 student loan. I paid the, you know, cash money. Right. And um, it sent my credit score shoot. My credit score was like 750. And I still couldn't get nothing because I didn't have no credit proof because I've I never had a credit card. I didn't have a credit card until about 10 years ago because right. I didn't believe in credit at all. I'm like, if I can't afford it, then I don't want it. Right. And then um, I had a 750 credit score. And I didn't even know I had a 750 credit score until me and my wife went to the dealership to get a car. And she needed a co-signer. And my credit score was, you know, pristine because I didn't have no credit. All, all, our only thing on my credit score was that paid back student loan. Mm-hmm. That was my whole credit profile. You had a student loan, you paid it. Right. Credit score 750. But, you know, I knew I've had some things on and off my credit score, you know, now because I know I need to use my credit. But... At, at, at a, you know, I was like, damn, I ain't have no credit at all. And then the next thing you know, I'm damn, I'm sitting damn near at 800. Right. <laughs> all and, business, all just, just this time. But that's an interesting point, too, man. That's an interesting point, too, because I've seen people in that same situation, and this score is a lot lower. I've seen both. I've seen where, where it's like, yo, they have nothing, and they're sitting at a seven, and then they have something, like... I've seen it both they ways. Shot, they, they shot my score 250 points when the dude was looking at my... um credit profile at the at the car dealership he said paying that 
student loan shot my score up 250 points because yeah, of the way yeah. I paid it. I paid it in full and whole in one big lump sum. Cause that joint went from being delinquent because I wasn't paying it at all to being paid off. Mm. And he was like, yeah. that, so, that's, that's cool. what I'm saying. But I've seen people make moves like that and their score doesn't jump up. And then they right. sit back and say, well, damn, I should have paid the whole 20 thing years off. ago. That no, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but that's what I mean about these algos. It's like, yo, what works for one doesn't necessarily always work for the other person. Exactly. We and we try, and even as us as credit repair specialists and gurus, whatever they want to call themselves, I, I just I don't even call myself that. I just say, you know what? I, I help you repair your credit. I put it in. I, it's a formality at this point, right? I say it, if you if people say it, I say it. But to be honest, like it's just so many different ways that you can get your score up and hurt your score. And I, my I, my goal and my reason on doing this credit repair stuff is to just try to inform you, let you know the most, all the ways that can hurt your credit and all the ways that can benefit your credit. You It's up to you to determine which one of the two ways you want to decipher or you want to do, because like I said, there's so many different ways to get to one destination. So like I said, everybody is pushing for 800. I don't even have, I don't even have an 800, right? So I'm like high seven like you, but nevertheless, I'm working to the 800 club, but I understand like, I'm gonna just be honest, if you got a 770 and above and you got an 800, we're going to get approved for the same thing. I know. So I what's, know. The, what's the <laughs> I difference? Know. What's I know. The, there's no real difference. Like, I, I I literally, and I like, for a long time, I was beating myself. Like, man, I'm out at 800. My aunt is, but my aunt's 75. She didn't have, you know what I mean? I'm like, how, <laughs> how, you, how you at 800? You know what I mean? She had, so, cred she had like, credits since like, the middle. She had like, the middle, like, the middle, ages, you the know? middle of the 1960s. So <laughs> I, in my mind, I'm just like, you know what? Like, I want the 800. Then I start realizing, like, once you get to a certain point, you can have 800 all you want. And I can have a 790. We 770. We both going to get approved for the same thing. And we might get approved for the same limit. So what's the difference that you having the 30 extra points and I don't? You know what I mean? It really don't matter at that point because you're going you're gonna to get approved once you get to that quota anyway, so you might as well be happy where you at, to be honest. But that's when you yeah, say that's it, a great it's point. about profile more than it is about the score. The score. Right. The score, right. the score matters, but the profile matters more. Exactly. Always matter more. Don't let nobody tell you nothing different. The profile always matters more. I'm going to give y'all a little story, right? So I had, with that car that I had, I had, a, in Christ, I had an Impala. I had a 2000 and I forget what it was, a 2012 Impala, something like that, right? It was like one of the best cars out at the time. Like I was super happy that I had got it. Like everybody was like, man, that's all nice. Like, but they ran my credit 17 times. So deep, deep down, I'm hurting. Like, damn, my credit score took a hit. I'm like, I'm sitting like a 520 right now, right? Got all these inquiries, but I only got one car, but the car nice. So I'm, the, every time I look at it, I get mad. <laughs> when people see it, get happy. So I'm like, you know what? This is a nice car. You know what I mean? But nevertheless, what happened was, I had graduated from Morgan and I said, because I worked so hard in college, I graduated honor roll and everything. I said, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to a new car. So then I came back to Philly because I was down at Morgan State, down Baltimore. So I came back to Philly after I graduated. I moved off of campus back to my mom's house and I said, I'm buying myself a car. So I went up to Gary Barbera on the boulevard and I got me a Chrysler 300, right? So what happened was I had old money on my Impala at the time. I had owed like maybe let's call it like five grand, right? But I was trying to get out of that. So they was like, well, we what we can do is we'll if you purchase your car from us today, we're gonna pay off your existing loan and let you drive off the lot today with your new car. So I'm like, okay, like I'm thinking I'm robbing them. I said, all right, where I sign at? So I get the document, I get the sign of my life away, right? But in return, 
once that loan got paid off from Gary Barbera, paid my existing loan off with my Impala so that I can get in this new existing loan and start paying them, right? So because mm -hmm. Gary Barbera did that, in 30 days, my score went sky high because I paid off a loan. And I really didn't pay it off. Gary Barbera paid it off. You know what I mean? So my yeah. score jumped up like 30, 40, 50 points like this out of nowhere. And I didn't understand why until I really dove, dove deep into it and I realized, oh, that's because my loan got cleared up. It said I've successfully paid the loan off. But it, then again, a month later, I had when it, when it reported again, I had a new loan in my account from the new car. So my <laughs> another drop. So now I'm like, I can't win. So people always try to say, oh, it's going to go up 50 points. It's going to drop 50 points. It's never like that. My score, like, to be honest, I think it went up like 75 points. But when that new loan hit, I only dropped nine points. So in return, I went up like 68 points. It didn't matter to me because I still had a higher score coming into this thing. You know what I mean? Got you. Got you. Yeah, man. See? And that's those tricks, man. The credit game is crazy, man. And that's something I want to lead to because you're a well-educated brother, right? So, you know, you got the, the, the undergrad degree and um, the graduate degree and all that. And you're moving around in this real estate space, the finance space, the credit space. How much of this did you learn on campus in any classroom? And how much is from actually just doing the work? And I, <laughs> I, and I feel bad even saying it. Because listen, y'all. I feel, I feel bad. People going to watch this. And I, I preach education. I tell people I'm a human sponge. Like, I'm a, I could sit around you two dudes. And be like this. Y'all probably like, what you staring at? But I'm just amazed of what you guys been through because you can't teach experience. So I got to yeah. soak up the from, the from the seasoned vets, right? But to be honest, I love Morgan State to death. I wouldn't trade that experience in the world. And to be honest, it's the best school. Sorry, I know you went to Lincoln. I, but it's, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Listen, I support all HBCUs, man. Me, me too. Me, me too. I love all HBCUs. But nevertheless, even just being on campus and seeing the things that I learned, I learned a lot about myself and the world but it didn't teach me none of the things I'm doing. So yeah, I, I currently work a nine to five job. However, my real estate and my credit repair business has now superseded my pain, my, 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 my nine to five job. I had, I didn't quit yet for different benefits and tax brackets and things like that. Mm -hmm. However, I didn't learn none of this stuff on campus. None Man. of it. Congratulations. First of all, congratulations, because that's the dream right there to to hold it down, you know, w w with the gig and have your uh, outside income surpass that. Because at this point now you got the decision to make. You can, there's nothing wrong with staying where you're at. If, if you have a, a strategy figured out, that's going to allow you to get to the next level, wherever you want to go to. This is lifestyle design that me and Core always talk about. Yeah, but man. congratulations on finding that because you created a business as opposed to like some people have to get two and three jobs. You figured out a way to even surpass your income with outside stuff. So first of yeah. all, congratulations. Thank that's you. dope. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That's dope, man. That's dope. I had to ask that question. I kind of knew what your answer would be, right? But I, I wanted to ask that question because, you know, a lot of times, um, and I had posted it this past week, and, and people get offended when I say that. I say, like, you know, don't let school get in the way of your education because I believe in school, too. I, 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 but I think that what I think that personally is everybody has to do them, figure out what works for them, right? I don't think that school is for everybody. Um, but I do think that it is for some people. Some people thrive in that environment. And, you know, so but my thing is you have to figure out what works for you. But with that being said, you should always be constantly learning, even if you have the degrees like you have. You have a master's degree. You know what I mean? Like I have a master's degree. I have a master's degree in real estate from Drexel. And I mean, I learned a little bit in the classroom, but nothing that really comes into to play in terms of what I learned in practice, because you learn yeah. by doing. You know what I mean? So I had, to, I had to ask that question, although I knew what your answer would be. But I still think it's amazing that you figured out, like, you know, um, 
how to get to where you are now, man. That, that's that, your success story already, whether you know it or not. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And I, I got a, I got a younger brother. He's 11 right now. And I think maybe he's in the fifth grade. So I, as you know, every, all the kids are from home right now on, on the computer. And I, the other day I was there at the house while he was on, while he was on a webinar doing his class. And I heard the teacher teaching him a new, a new lecture, like a new, a new topic. And you know, when you, when you hear something like, I remember that, like we, we learned that before. And now to even hear the teachers teaching him that I, when he get off the call, I'm like, you know, you're not going to never use that. Right. And I, and I even felt bad to tell him that. He's like, what do you mean? And my, my little brother, he's so analytical. Like, you could tell him, you could tell him it's raining Skittles. He gonna want, he want to know why it's raining Skittles and not rain. Like, he, he's so analytical. So I'm like, you know, you're not going to never use that ever. Like, it was cool to learn because it was like, it's a new topic, but you're not never going to use that in, in life. And he can't seem to understand that right now. So over time, I just hope he remember that day. And he'd be like, yo, you know what, big bro? I ain't never used that thing in my life. And I'm like, I told you, right? those things that <laughs> Yeah, but as he makes his way through that, he has you to guide him and teach him some of the game that, you know, that you soaked up and can, and can pass to him. And that's yeah. what this is all about. That's what this is all about, yeah, right? Man. Helping, that, helping that next man. generation, man. Wealth, wealth can be passed in a lot of different ways, and knowledge is one of the primary ways that wealth is passed. Yep. And we, but we have to make sure that we do that. Um, I, I've shared with uh, people before that there's a book that I read. Um. And it was about like generational wealth. And I thought it was going to be a whole bunch of like, you know, tax tricks and all this kind of stuff in there. But the, the gist of the book was the knowledge. You can't just pass on assets without knowledge because you're setting someone else for failure. Right. So I think that's key. Like, you know, that's a good point about bringing, you know, your brother's story. That's a that's an excellent point. I was I had a conversation this week with um my, my real estate partner, Carrie, a shot to Carrie. Um, and he was telling me about like uh, this other brother who uh, works in the Philadelphia school district. And he was um trying to teach the kids math, but he was bringing in like finance, real estate, stuff like that. Okay. And they told him they told him to stop. They made him stop. They told him literally to stop. That's not what like, you know, they want you to stick to what the curriculum is. Right. right? And I only bring that story up to say that. It's our job as a community overall to make sure that like these these things that we pick up along the way that are, are passed down to the next one. So what you doing with your younger I brother? Can, is I dope, can tell you that Carrie's not lying because they did the same thing to me. Yeah, because <laughs> I, you know, I teach. So mm -hmm. I can tell you I can tell you firsthand that he's not lying. <laughs> that, that that's that's yes. that's something. that says something like how like, man, I. I got mind control over the education system right now. And I done got so much of it. Like last year was my first year, to be honest, not even last year, this year. I graduated with my master's degree May 2019. So I've been out of school for a year and a half. But before that, I went from kindergarten, well, preschool, all the way to eighth, then 12, then four years in college, then two years in grad school. So I never had a break besides like now. Like this is my first year, really like full year out of school. So it felt awkward for me. I had to get adjusted for it, adjusted to it. But then again, like when I look back at all the things that I learned, it's like, like luckily I was I was decent enough in football to get a scholarship uh, and, and not had to worry about debt. But like for those who don't, it's like, like even one of my friends, he he didn't play no sports. He went to college with me. He went to Morgan and Rome with me, and he had a tough time getting and finding a job. So you know, I'm sending him jobs every so often. Every time I get, every time I and I was fortunate enough to walk across the graduation stage with a job already, right? So once I graduated, like when I was walking mm -hmm. across the stage graduation i already had a job lined up which was a blessing right and he wasn't he wasn't as fortunate 
So every time I seen a job come through my email, I would forward to him because we had the same backing. And whether he got the job or not, it, it took him a long time to get, to find something, right? When he finally found something, boom, COVID happens. He get laid off, right? But now here it is. He's now attending trade school. And a lot of people like, yo, you got a master's degree in engineering. Like, you can't get a job. You can't find a job. It is not as easy as you would think. And he's a minority. He looks like this, right? But nevertheless, mm -hmm. he's going to go to trade school to get a trade behind his belt that coming out, he probably could make 40, 50 grand in three months, exceeding what he yeah. could have made with that degree. You know what I mean? It, like, it just, the, 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 like you, like they say all the time, you go get 50,000 worth of debt, then go work a job that pay 25 grand a year. It, it's just like, yeah. it, it's not cool. It's really not. We definitely caught in the matrix, man. Like it's so much craziness that happens. And um, we, we believe things to be one way. One of the things I experienced, which was always hilarious to me is like, um, when back in the day when people would get out of college <clears throat> and they think like all the employers would just come knock at their door. Right. Hey, yo, I got my degree. Where you at? <clears throat> I'm like, dude, you got to hustle. Like, that, is, that is definitely not the case. And I've seen people actually turn down jobs because they're like, I'm not working there. I got a college degree. Like a lot of people with college degrees think that it's a lot more important than what it actually is. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So you get your reality check that way. You start thinking someone's going to knock down your door to hire you to give you their bread. But anyway, man, um, Yes, yeah, so I just wanted to bring that story up because I thought about it when you talked about like your brother and learning like um, a lot of these, a lot of this information they're not going to give. So there's an argument I see online all the time like they should be teaching this in school. And to be honest, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, should they get some of it? Yes, but they've done such a, a wonderful job at teaching everything. Are they doing such a wonderful job at teaching everything else? Do we really want them to be teaching this? If they, they can't even like, you can't even teach math and science right. So no. now you. You know what I mean? So anyway, but um, I, I do think it's dope that, you know, you got you got a younger brother because your younger brother, listen, man, he should be a beast at this point. Now with the knowledge you got, yeah. the head start, he should, he should be yeah. a beast, man. He should run. He should run laps around me. There's no, there's no way. And, and I just had this conversation the other day. And it's so like, like, like me, I like I'm so analytical as well. So I always look back on things that happen. And you know how like something happened in the past, but a lot of other things happened in the past, but you only seem to be remembering that one thing. So it's just like, well, why did I remember that out of everything? And then as you get older and wiser, you start realizing, like, that's why I remember that. Because it means this to me now, today, right? And I will never forget at Morgan State, I had to take a speech class. It was like a pre it was like a, uh, it was a, a, a like a, a elective that you had to take in order to graduate. It was, you normally take it within your first two years of going being at college, unless you went to school as undecided. But if you had a major and you declared your major, then you had to take speech, the speech therapy class or speech like whatever. I think it was just speech class in, in general in order to go to the next to the, to the next course and graduate, whatever. Right. So my teacher, she she we had to pick out a head and we put all these topics in. Everybody in the classroom put the topic in the head and then everybody else. She shook the bag up and then you went to go pick a topic out. And if you picked your own topic that you put in, you had to repick. Right. So I had got like. Uh, I had got like shopping malls and shopping strips. Like I had to make a speech about shopping malls. So I'm like, this is super easy. Like I, I'm going to pass the heck out of this. Right. But nevertheless, what happened was she strategically set you up and went, what we, you did your presentation. So the first person went up and the first person had their hands in their pocket and was swaying back and forth and saying, um, and stuff like that. So the professor said, well, good job, such and such. But you said, um, too many times you sway back and forth. You had, you had your hands in your pocket. So like, basically you got this grade. The next person went up. So now that person got up there and did something totally different. So she like did, almost did the same thing, but did something different. So now the professor said, well, 
You said um, you swayed, you had your hands in your pocket, and you kept like popping your gum, which was very distracting, right? So like now everybody like, well, like where are you getting at? So she basically told us like, as the speeches go on throughout the semester, they should get better and better because you now know what I'm looking for. So to be honest, the last person that gives their speech should have the best speech because they done seen all my critiques. You shouldn't get up there and do the same mistakes that someone else did before you. You know what I mean? So now when she said that, I'm like, I'm thankful that I ain't got to go because I probably would have been up there swaying back and forth looking crazy. So now I learned from her just by telling me that I learned that when I go up there, I shouldn't sway. I shouldn't pop the gum. My hand should be in my pocket. I shouldn't say um because she now told us what she's looking for. And as the like as the semester went on, the speeches got better and better. But I think Trevor telling us that because if not, I can only imagine how many people would have went up there with their hands in their pants or or hoodie on things like that. And those are the same things she critiques on early in the semester. So as we go on, we should be learning from like, you know, yeah, that was my first black. That was my first black professor at Morgan. To that point, I had all white professors, which in Morgan, like not that they have anything against white professors. I just had all white professors. But that was my first black professor that I had. And for her to drop that game on me. And I don't understand. I, I was 19, at the time. I didn't care about what she was talking about saying. Mm, like that was just normal. But here yeah. it is. I'm like, yo, you got to get better with time. You, you, If somebody critiquing somebody else, I shouldn't go up there and do the same thing. It's, it's just a no brainer at that point. Man, that could be applied to so many things in life. That, that, that's, that, that's everything. Yeah, pretty everything. much everything. everything. Yeah. I think I remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's see, see, see so you did get something from Morgan then, right? right. See what I mean? <laughs> Whether you know it or not, you got something from there. Nuke, yep. man, listen, man, this has been amazing, man. So um, but before we go, we got a couple more questions, man. Um, first thing is this. What has been the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome? Like, so, you know, starting out, you know, kid from North Philly to get to where you are now, where you have like multiple businesses that actually pay you just as much, if not more than your, your job. What has been the biggest hurdle or something that you had to overcome? Uh, the biggest hurdle is not getting sucked up into the, to, to the environment. So as you know, for those who don't know, the inner city of North Philly is like a doggy dog world. Right. So, you know what I mean? I look like them. I dress like them. I talk like them. And then like, I used to be at Morgan hearing my friends that didn't go to school would be back on, on at home doing, doing things they normally did. And they would call and say like, yo, it's, it's about to go down. Like we, we got into some stuff. And I was trying to find the next Greyhound bus home. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So that was the biggest hurdle for me to understand. Like I had to separate. Like they still my homies, they still my friends. I still love them to death. But I had to separate because I had an I got an end destination. And being out there and going to war with them because my loyalty is with them, it was not probably going to get me to my end destination. You know what I mean? So I had to like pride. I had to put my pride to the side and let them know like I, I got to. I got to do something different to get different results. So that was my biggest hurdle of, of not getting sucked back into the community that once obviously raised me, but then probably could also break me at the same time. What helped oh. you with that? Like, um, cause that, that's, that's a difficult lesson. Was it a person um, or something? What helped you get to that point where you recognize, like, I got to like cut people off cause I got a bigger mission. <sighs> to be honest, it was one of those things that I just, like, I, I, I was always like, out and I then I when I had time I always just seen movies and I seen like I, I seen the celebrities doing a bigger and better things like I, I give I don't even want to say it was a person it was just things it was just incidents it was it was it was uh scenarios and, and opportunities that I was being presented with that made me 
think about it even more like, well, if I got this and I got this and I know my end goal is that, which one's going to help me get to that more sooner? It ain't this. So let me go with that. You know what I mean? So that it was just more so trial and error. And uh, 95% of the time I made the wrong decision. Right. And I'm just being honest. But I learned that was the number one thing I learned. So I fell flat on my face several times and was like, oh, my God, I can't get it right. But to be honest, all along, I was getting right. Yeah, you know I mean, I just didn't know that until here it is, 25 year old young man. I got two thriving businesses. I'm working on a five. I like I everything is going good, but I didn't see it then. You know what I mean? So it's like where people used to always tell me, like, like, yo, you're doing a good job. And I'm like, where? Like, I, I'm I'm struggling right now. And but I didn't see what they saw. But now it really is I can say it's starting to pay off. So I'm I'm just blessed that I'm in this position and then being able to just provide back to those that same inner city is like it's, it's slim to none one of the best feelings you can have man keep it up man because because yeah, yeah. what you just said right there that was heavy because a lot of times you can't see it because you're in it like you're going through it but from the outside everybody sees like you know you're doing your thing and you're like how but yeah. you know looking around that, that, like, that, like yeah I, thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing that let me ask you this though um had there been any books or anything that inspired you along your journey uh but I, to be honest, uh, I was trying to think of them when you asked prior to getting on. I can't even think of the name. I probably had to tell you at a later date. It's, it's mm -hmm. it was a book that I read at, at Morgan. Um, I, I can't. I, I just am blanking on the name. What but it was about? it was about like a, it was a woman that was raising a, her child in a southern. Uh, and it was a book. It was the book was about a bunch of symbolism. So we'll basically we'll read a paragraph a day. And be stuck on that paragraph because it has so much symbolism in it. Like, but the wife always wore white, and at the time that that was symbolism of, of purity. And then they she 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 carries her son through the rain. But the, I'm just thinking, oh, it's just thunderstorming. But no, that was him. She was giving her son a baptism. So it was all these different symbolism that was in that book. I actually, matter of fact, I think it's called Beloved. I think it's Beloved. Okay. Beloved. 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 Okay. Yeah, Beloved or yeah, yeah Beloved. Yeah. Book, yeah. To this day. I still use some of them symbolism today because like you said, it was one of those things that you have that happened back in the day, but can be applied to almost every single thing. And a lot of people get a book and it's like the richest man of Babylon. And not, 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 not that I got anything against those books. Those books didn't help me as much as that one did. You know what I mean? So although I'm a real estate and I do credit repair, that book really kind of molded me and shaped me to, to kind of get to this point today. That's dope because I have a lot of conversation with people um, and, and everyone has their favorite finance books. Right. And a lot of them are great. Um, everybody loves the, uh, <clears throat> the um, you know, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Richest Man in Babylon, Think and Grow Rich, all these things. But sometimes you can learn a lot from books that aren't specifically in that space. Right. right. So I just finished reading a book called called Mob Rules. And it was actually recommended um, from a guy who was just on our show, Jay with the NBA. He told me to read it. And the book is about like the mafia, but the guy ties stories in about what it means to in management and business. And it okay. sounds nuts when I say it that way, but it was like so many gems in there. And I was like, yo, this is a book about the mob. Like, but, but the thing is sometimes when you get outside of that space of reading the traditional business books, mm -hmm. you can pick up a lot. Even if book is a, a book of fiction, you can sometimes pick up things that can be applied to your life. Yep. So I, I'm glad you gave us that book. Cause um. Then that, that wasn't like a, a normal answer, but it's a great answer because what you said is absolutely true. Right. Newt, man, last question I got for you, man. You've been amazing, but I want to know what's the future for your business? Like, 
What are you looking to do in the future? Are you just going to do more of what you got going on? Or are you trying to get into other spaces as well? Uh, I would say the end goal for me, to be honest, uh, I never did new construction. So I want to get into multifamily. Uh, I, my, my thing is I want to pit, I want to pit that Ritz Carlton 29th and Lehigh, 29th and Gerard. I want you to come through there and, and, and you like, what the heck is this? Like, that's my thing. I want to, I want to pit that biggest, the best in the city. I want to develop those biggest buildings, the tallest buildings, the nicest buildings. Uh, that's like, that's something that I always want to go towards. But one thing I'm starting to do now, I'm starting to get into the education field, whereas though I'm just teaching people along the way. And to be honest, I'm getting more. It started out with real estate, then it transitioned to credit. Now it's like, yo, I'm really educating people now and people really follow my movement. And now I'm getting more thrill out of teaching people of the things that I've been through because why I'm literally going through it as we speak. You know what I mean? Or I have been through that just last week. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm really getting into the role of education. So I guess you could say the end goal for me would be kind of like merging the three together, education, real estate, and credit, like make, making some big uh, academy, like something, something major where though you can enroll in an academy, getting into credit it. Uh, so you can, you know, I give you the certificate and it's, it's kind of just as good as getting a degree at that point. You know what I mean? So that's like the, that's my, that's my angle. That's dope, man. That's dope. And I definitely hope you get, I hope you get the rich car in there, 29th and Lehigh, because I own multiple properties in the area. So that'd be much love for me, dog. <laughs> I'm going to come breeze through. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you already know. Core, core, man. Um, we got this young legend on, man. You got anything you want to say to the brother? I want to say, man, congratulations to this younger generation for for being better, for not being us, but being better than us, man. Because we was we was kind of trash old heads, to be honest, man. That nineties, <laughs> the nineties. Listen, I'm I'm gonna keep it real, man. Nineties music, man. Like even you as a drug dealer, you 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 know, Biggie said, even you sing crack crack rock when you got a wicked jump shot. You know what I mean? And so a lot of us went through that, man. And then you know, it was a lot of baby making music in the nineties too. Yeah. So even even you got you know even you got a felony of five kids right now. I know. <laughs> so so yeah. you know what I mean a lot of us got felonies and five kids, but you know y'all soaked up the good parts of us too, man, because we broke away from that. You know you gotta have a nine to five to succeed and all of that, and we you know our generation was the one who, who broke that mold, and y'all 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 taking it and smashing it in little pieces, and I'm loving that, man. I'm loving that. So, you know, congratulations yeah. to you and to everybody in your generation that's really that's really making this game, you know what I mean, better because I got kids. So y'all gonna be my kids old heads. So right. I want y'all to succeed yeah. extra heavy. Yeah, we gotta set we gotta set the pace. We got to. Yeah, man. Hey, Corey said, man, I just want to expound upon that, man. Y'all are killing it out here. I love when we have someone younger than us on here, um, you know, to tell their story because Y'all making moves in all sorts of spaces, and it's actually amazing to see, man. So um, keep up the good work, man. Keep up the good work. That's all I can say, good brother. Keep up the good work. Yeah, and anything man. you need from us, you know, how to, you know how to reach us, man, because uh, y'all yeah. out here killing it. And, and, and I also want to say, I want to put this out here, too, because we talk to people from all over the world, man, but the youngest in Philadelphia is killing it, too. Like, Philly is... <laughs> yeah. is they hustle they hustle on another level. level. They hustle yeah. on another level, man. It's different. Yeah, it's I, 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 a lot of people say, if you make it in Philly, you can make it anywhere. And for a long time, I'm like, uh, no, nah, we probably can't make it anywhere. But more today, I'm like, yeah, put me in Afghanistan. I, I, I know we could thrive. You know what I mean? Like, I know we can do it. Because, <laughs> I can get, I can get yeah. buckets anywhere in the world. 
don't matter where at. You know, yo, it's, it's, it don't matter. It's it just yo, we, it's something that so something that school kill punch dog. Y'all be going hard. Y'all go hard. Like listen. I'm telling you, like before, before COVID, when I used to go to events, like I went to a couple of real estate events, like the way y'all y'all go hard, like especially like the wholesales in the real estate space, like y'all animals out here, man. So like you know, I love to see it though, man, because it's very it, it inspires me as well, man. So Newt, man, keep up the good work, man. So um, I, I'll make sure that people get your uh, IG is it's right there below your uh your name, that's your at name. So we're gonna put it all within the description box so people can come check you out, see what you got going on, and bring you any questions, man. But I just want to say uh, thank you for your time, brother. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I really do. Absolutely, man. And for the folks out there listening or watching, as I said in the beginning, please um, support us, support Newt. Check out what he's got going on. Share this video. Um, share the audio. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you thought. And if there's somebody else that you want us to um, you know, talk to, please let us know. Because as a matter of fact... I got a couple requests to uh, bring you on, dude. I don't know if you know that or not, but uh, yeah. like I got I got a couple inboxes of people telling me that's you know they bring you on. So, well, that's, that's, yeah, I appreciate that because uh, like one thing right now I'm building my Instagram followers. I wasn't big on Instagram, but now I got a highly anticipated class. Once I reach five thousand Instagram followers, I just reached four thousand last night, and I'm already Dope. almost at like forty one hundred, I think. But once I reach 5,000 Instagram followers, I'm having my hot, like it's a highly anticipated class. People like sending me almost like DM threats, like drop your class right now. It's going to be a problem. You build your following up because people reached out, more, more than one person reached out like, yo, you got to bring this young brother on. And like, you know, that's why I started watching what you were doing. I'm like, okay, yeah, he official. He official. So people, people, so people watching you, people watching you, dog. People are watching you. Dang, that's heavy, man. I appreciate that. I really do. No doubt, man. So for everybody out there, listen, um, just make sure you keep the support up, man. Support people that look like us doing amazing things. That's what our platform is all about. And as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.